psychologically and socially speaking, you are a product of your upbringing or your culture that you're a part of. For example, uh, how you were raised by your parents. Uh, maybe it wasn't your parents who raised you. Th- those are things that are, shape who you are. The, the culture you live in or the culture that you were raised in. Um, if you're raised here versus being raised in Bronx, New York. There, there's two different, totally vast different cultures. And it shapes who you are. Uh, your education level. It, it, it influences you. Uh, your, your career path that you've chosen. The economic level or your economic status that you have. Uh, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, all of these things influence how you think and they influence the choices that you make. All of these influences are important in their own way. They all play a very vital and important role in your life. But... Do you know of the list that I just told you, which one is the most important? I, I would uh, hope uh, that since we're gathered here today as, uh, as the body of Christ, and as the church to worship Jesus Christ, that you would have picked the you know, relationship with Jesus Christ being the most influential part of your life. And, and that's not just a cliche. It's not just saying it to say it. It's reality. It's the truth. Our relationship with Jesus is the most important and influential part of our lives. But why is it that our relationship with Jesus tends to be the most neglected area of our life? Why is it that we tend to think about Jesus when we're getting up on Sunday morning knowing that we need to get ready to go to church? Why is it Sunday morning is the day that Jesus is on our mind the most versus any other day? I want us to look at a story in in the Bible that that will help us kind of look at this problem that we have of being distracted by life of being distracted by all of the things that do influence us, but yet we give those things more weight and we give those things more power in our lives than than we do Jesus Christ. So if you will, turn in your Bibles with me uh, to Luke chapter 10. Uh, We'll be looking at starting in verse 38. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. 
but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we see this kind of the stage being set. Jesus has, has been invited to some of his friends' home. Mary and Martha were his friends. He was really good friends with their brother, Lazarus. And we all know how that story went. Jesus bringing him back to life. Well, we see Jesus coming, and as you can imagine, this isn't just an, an ordinary guest. Um, this is a, a huge guest. This is the savior of the world. This is, you know, like if we were uh, preparing to, um, you know, entertain the president or something. Well, some of us wouldn't care about that. But, um, um, I, I, okay, politics are out. Let's, <laughs> yeah, somebody famous um, that, you know, would be a big deal about them coming to your house. Yeah, some of us would roll out the red carpet for Peyton Manning. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, Audrey, would, Audrey would be first in line for that one. Um, now she perks up. <laughs> so they're preparing, and, and, and I, can, I can imagine that Mary is, is in the kitchen. She's helping Martha prepare. She's helping her get everything ready. But as soon as Jesus walks in the door, all of a sudden... She turns into ADD moment and says, uh, forget that stuff. This is more important. I, I no longer care about fixing all that stuff anymore. That can wait. You know, she might have said, hey, hey, Martha, come with me. But she didn't like drag Martha with her. She let Martha make her own decision. And Martha made her decision. It was to continue the preparations was it a bad thing that she was preparing the food and the meal and making, setting the table? And was it a bad thing that she was doing those things? No. But it wasn't the most important thing. Luke uses the word distracted, which actually the usage of it means pulled about. And so I get this picture that, you know, this person is struggling with where she wants to be. There's so many different things going on that she's so many places. Her mind is just continuously moving and going, and, and, but she cannot focus on what is the most important thing. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I say it's life, isn't it? Like, I can only imagine most of you, majority of you, when you prepared for your family meals and where you're going to parties or whatever it was, it was kind of chaotic before you got there. And for some families, chaos when you were there. But life is just nuts. There's so many things. But yet, the most important thing that Jesus points out is that Mary's chosen the right thing. She's chosen the proper place to be, and that is at Jesus' feet, learning from him, living the lessons that he has to teach, hearing the experiences that he's had as he's traveled throughout the country, and 
telling them the stories of what's important in life. So what does it mean for us to to sit at Jesus' feet? I want to look at it this way. Experience is life's biggest teacher. We can choose the teachers in our life, but regardless, experience is our biggest teacher, right? We, we tend to learn the most after we have experienced something. I can remember when I graduated from college, I decided I wanted to go to a Bible college in Ohio. Um, I had people tell me, that this isn't the right decision, this isn't where you should go. I had people tell me that, you know, you make your own decision, but we don't think this is the right one for you. But it wasn't until I went and I did it and I was there that I realized, wow, I should have listened to all these people because they were right. And so I moved back like a month later. Um, That was the extent of my Ohio living. I couldn't take anymore. But why do we live life learning everything through our own experiences when we can actually learn from life lessons and the people found in God's word? The Bible is full of life lessons. It is full of life experiences just waiting for us to learn from them. And we didn't even have to go through it. And we could learn. In life, we also choose between two other life instructors, if you will. Uh, One being wisdom and the other being consequences. We make a choice between the two of them. If, or sorry, wisdom will amaze us. We'll be dumbfounded sometimes by the wisdom that we ended up having that we didn't even know we like knew the answer to or how do we come up with that? I, I find myself saying that most Mondays after I go back and listen to Sunday's message. It's like, where did I come up with that? It's not me, that's why. But wisdom will amaze us and it will bring joy into our lives while consequences will leave us breathless. It will leave us gasping for air, thinking, why in the world did I do that? This is what one author says. If consequences has a back-end price, wisdom has a front-end price. It requires discipline, obedience, consistency, and above all else, time. Then it gladly pours out on you its promised tremendous riches. Do you want to know the biggest difference between consequences and wisdom? Wisdom teaches you the lesson before you make the mistake. Wisdom teaches you the lesson before you make the mistake. On the other hand, consequences demand that you make the mistake first. Only then will it teach you the lesson. I love this part. Wisdom puts up the fence at the top of the cliff. Consequences visit you in the hospital when you're in traction after they've scraped you up from the cliff's bottom. Do you get that? 
Wisdom puts up the boundaries. It, it tells you what is right, what is wrong. It, it informs you on the best decisions to make in your life. While consequences waits for you to make the mistake and then tell you, oh, by the way, that was the wrong choice. Now here's your price that you get to pay for it. So what is the answer to that? Well, let me put it in another illustration for you. Uh, imagine that my wife sees me one day and, and my eyes are, are sunken into my gray sockets. My body is frail, exposing my skeleton. My abdomen is distended from starvation. I've obviously not been eating when she sees me in this condition, she explains, what in the world is happening to you? To which I reply, I'm not getting fed around here. And then continuing my lament, I go further and say, no one is feeding me. To which my wife, as loving as she is, will respond, feed yourself. Feed yourself. Because here's a hard truth that I've had to learn in life. About 80% of all you do, anybody can do it. 80% of the things that you do, anybody could do it. Going to work, answering the phones, checking email, attending meetings, going to dinners, going to soccer games... All of those things anyone could do. On top of that, about 15% of all you do, someone with some form of training could do in your place. So if you're doing the math, if 80% of the things that I do, someone else could do already, 15% of the things that I do, someone could do with some training... That leaves about 5% of what you do, only you can do it. Only I can be a husband to my wife. Only I can be the father that I'm supposed to be to, to my children. Only I can grow myself spiritually. Only I can keep myself healthy. Only I can keep myself disciplined in life. Because that's one of the biggest questions right now people are asking themselves. Because many people have made New Year's resolutions and it's not a matter of what the resolution is. It's a matter of asking ourselves, are we going to be disciplined enough to follow through? Because it's one thing to simply say, this is what I want to do, but it's a whole nother thing to say and do it and discipline ourselves to doing it. You see, when we make New Year's resolutions, we skip a step. We think that, okay, make a New Year's resolution. This is what I need to do. I need to say what my resolution is. I need to write it down somewhere so I don't forget tomorrow. And then we're set. 
But see, what we forget to do is set out a plan of how we're going to do it. If we don't know how to get to the end result, we'll never get there. If, as a follower of Christ, we know that the end result is for us to be a fully devoted follower of Christ in all aspects of our life, everything about us focused and devoted toward Jesus Christ, if that's our ultimate goal, how do we get there? How do we discipline ourselves to be that fully devoted follower of Christ? We, we seek wisdom. We find that wisdom that we need. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of the fools will suffer harm. What he's saying is we choose between wisdom and consequences. We get distracted so easily with things. In this message, in this series, The Divine Mentor, what I want us to do is find a discipline in our life that will help us focus on Jesus Christ, that will help us grow in our faith, that will help us grow in not just head knowledge, but grow from the experiences that we read about, to, to soak them in, to, to make them a part of our life. And so for the next, through the next four weeks, we'll kind of build um, each week upon the other. And by the end of the month, you'll have the tools, the resources to grow in your faith. And here's the best part. I'm not going to be the parent and you be the child where I have to feed you. Because when, when the parent feeds the child, what, hap what tends to happen? It tends to get really messy. But I'm, I'm going to give you the tools to do this yourself, to feed yourself. You see, really what a pastor's job is, is to work himself out of a job, him or herself, I should say. You, you shouldn't need me to grow in your faith. We should use each other. But we should also take it upon ourselves to grow in our faith. We have one of the best tools right in front of us. The, the first tool we need is this, a, a Bible, God's Word. Literally hand-picked by God to teach you his ways, to teach you life lessons, to teach you experience, to, to guide you in wisdom so that you don't have to experience firsthand consequences that they already did it for you. The best knowledge you can learn is the knowledge that someone else already had to suffer through so that you don't have to. 
today, this is the tool. I had another one, um, but um, chaos struck my home uh, yesterday uh, when my computer got fried. Um, and so it didn't get printed. So hopefully this next uh, Sunday, I will have um, a reading plan for you that literally has scriptures laid out for every day of the year. I mean, it will literally take you like 20 minutes to literally sit down and read God's word. And it has a little checkoff box so that you can, for us people who need to check things off, we can check them off and so we can see our progress. But what happens if I miss a day? What happens if, you know, if you miss a week, don't go back and try to like sit down and try and read a week. I mean, it, you're just going to read like this is way too much. I'm done. You're going to quit. No. Start the day you're on. If, if you miss a day, it's okay. You won't go to hell. I promise. This is about growing in your faith. If you don't have a Bible at home... There, there's a Bible like this right in front of you in your pew. If there's not one in front of you, there's one up here. Take it. It's yours. Our gift to you. Because we want you to have this. This is the most important thing in your life. But I thought God was the most important thing in your life. This is. This is literally the word of God spoken to you and to me. Allow God to be your mentor. Allow God to be the person that speaks into your life. You see, the thing is, God cannot speak to us unless we listen. You know, this is not something that we read like the newspaper. Because you see, when we read the newspaper, more than likely... Uh, we skim it, we read it to know knowledge and facts, um, but by the next morning, we've forgotten what yesterday said and we're on today's. But this is something to take and learn from. And through the next few weeks, we're going to look at ways that how we can even go further from, from just simply reading it to absorbing it to seeing life application, how the, the text, how the scripture literally applies to your life. And, and here's the best part. I'm not going to apply it to your life. You're going to apply it to your life so that you can learn from God. My prayer and hope is that I'm telling all of you something and you're saying, yeah, I already do that. I mean, honestly, that's tops the prayer that I pray. However, I'm also human and realistic. Uh, and, and I know that I'm a pastor and I fail a lot when it comes to doing this every day. Because it's like, where's the time? Where, where do I have the time? How many of you have a calendar how many of you have a schedule that you keep? Probably a lot of us. 
um, if you don't have a schedule or anything that you write down, that means what you've got tons of time. So if you have a calendar, here's what you do. You write it on your calendar because you do everything that's on your calendar, right? If there says, I go to the doctor today, you're going to the doctor, right? So what if you say, okay, I eat lunch at 11.30. At 12 o'clock, I read the Bible. Whatever time works best for you, schedule it. Make it a regular part of your day. Allow God to speak to you every day. Let's make this a discipline where we allow God to speak into our lives. Where we allow God to teach us. Jesus said in John 10.10 that I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full, to the fullest, overflowing well, how do we live life to the fullest if we, we don't even learn, we don't even experience, we, we don't even want to know sometimes what God says to us? If he's the most influential part of your life, don't you think he should be part of your life every single day? Yeah, I think so. And I'm not just talking to you. I mean, I don't, please don't think that I'm like preaching because like I should be looking in a mirror right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a discipline that I have to make part of my life. You know what the cool thing was about, you know, like well, the cool thing was about me, like there was something cool. Um, when I first became a follower of Christ, when I gave my life to Christ, September 13th, 2000. Um, I started reading the Bible. And every year of college, I read through a different translation of the Bible. No one taught me that. No one told me to do that. I just did it. Um, and then I met Jennifer. It's all her fault. Um, and I suddenly realized, and this is a bad realization, um, that I needed more time to spend in, on her. And so reading the Bible every day didn't happen. And skipping one day turned into one week and a month. And, and it's like, oh, I need to read my Bible again and, you know, get it out and read it. And it's like, and, but and it gets scattered. Because we have so many things that we want to focus on. And I'm not saying that it was a bad thing to focus on. Gen no, that wasn't a bad thing, trust me. Um, but it wasn't the only thing. You see, the most important thing for me to be the husband I need to be, to be the father I need to be, is to be where I need to be with God. Some of the best parenting advice is right here. We have conflict in church. It's like, right here is the best advice. People make all these like 
strategic plans on how to handle conflict. And Matthew 18 tells you how to handle church conflict. Woohoo, no policy right in there. I mean, life is found right here in the Bible, right in front of us, but we neglect it. Let's grow in our faith. I've, I, don't miss next week. I pray that you will all be here. And if people aren't here that you know, bring them with you. Um, because through some experiences with my uncle, I, I've had this epiphany that God has really kind of been speaking to me about. And I think it will have uh, some effect on you um, and how you think about your faith. And how you think about growing in your faith um, with Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you um, to join us next week um, for part two of The Divine Mentor. Stand with us and let's pray. Jesus, it's, it's a lot easier just to pray, God. Let's just be honest here. It's, it's a lot easier to just speak to you and talk to you and, and hope and pray that you will talk back to us. And, but Jesus, I pray that you will help us to not neglect the very words of our Father, the very words of our Creator. Jesus, I pray that you will help us to, to make this a discipline in our life that we focus a part of each and every day on connecting with you through the reading of your word. Jesus, help us to be disciplined. Hold us accountable. Convict our hearts to make you the priority in our life. You are the most influential thing in any person's life, and I pray that you would be a part of every person's life every day. Jesus, we, we invite you to be a part of our lives, and I pray, God, that you will help us to grow in our relationship with you.